Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Misfit Toys. Well, well, well. Here we meet again. Uh, I want to say thank you. This is the show where I talk about my mom with Daniel Kino and Aristotle. We're both there for me. And they did a great job of just letting me, you know, have the comfort of them in the room, which was everything. And then, you know, sometimes pivoting you in a different direction. But uh, thank you, guys. And uh, happy birthday, if it's your birthday. Someone's always having a birthday. But, you know, you'll see. You know, the main goal was to, I just wanted to, like, talk about my mom. And, and, uh, and there was a lot to talk about. You hope you do it. What happens as soon as you're done it? I mean, I go through this on any podcast, but especially one like this. Did I do a good job? Did I do a good job? I really thought that. Did you really paint a picture of who your mom was and why she was so amazing? I hope I did. For with an honest perspective was the goal. With an honest perspective. So I think I did. I hope I did. That's all I could do. I can't redo it. <laughs> so... um. There's a part at the... You know what? I'll explain it at the end. Oh, that's right. We end the show with a poem that my niece wrote to my mom. And Lynn put it to music. So that's how we end the show. How do I know? How do I know? Of course you know how I know. I already did it on Sunday. So... Um, that's how it ends. And uh, if I missed anything, my niece Katie didn't because I felt I knew exactly what she meant when she wrote that poem because I read it five years ago. About it was roughly five years ago. So, um, but when before that song comes on, I'm gonna come back on the podcast and tell you why 
There's a second draft of that song that follows the first draft. You'll understand at the end. Don't worry about it now. It could be like a cliffhanger. So, uh, next week, I think next week, I know I have a guest, Mort. That's right, Mort. But we'll tell you more about him next week. So, um, that's it. Oh, oh, because it's about that, about my mom, I just wanted to thank Philadelphia. They were the show's that I did immediately after, and uh, I, I guess I do talk about it on the show. Well, it doesn't hurt to talk about it twice. Thank you, Philadelphia Helium, and thank you, John and Peters, for... It was just... I don't know. It was... I felt like they were extra special weeks because of... Uh, you know what. So it was nice to be walk into that, both both places. But I talk about it on the show. All right, so... Here we go, and uh, it's funny because I want to go. I hope you enjoy it, but then that sounds funny to say that, but you know what I mean. So, uh, I so I how about I gotta go? No, that seems cold. Like how important is the show? I, oh, I got plenty more to say. I just gotta go, and it seems a little cold to say. You now join the Tiglass show already in progress, but it's what my mom would have wanted. <laughs> I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Please have snow and mistletoe. Can you bring the music up a little? And presents wow. by the tree. Wow. I like this opening. Oh, thank you for putting me in the house a little. It's a, we'll the real opening. Daniel's getting his chair situated. Thank you. And he, he was looked at his phone. Where and then um, Aristotle's sitting there. The he wore a, a, a bow tie in honor of my mom. Me. And uh, I'm here. Now I'm going to tell you guys the truth. If you're writing stuff down, you can't hear what I'm talking Christmas. about. I mean, my mom's dead. You can't treat me a little different. If <laughs> I thought I'd get some empathy. The reason, and Aristotle, and, and, and the, it's the three of us. And that's good. That's great. The bad news is uh, I invited everybody. You're the, <laughs> and they didn't show up? Vinny told me that would be funny. Piece of shit. So I played this song. So Thank this, you for having me. Well, uh, I'm, you, I haven't you're, seen you you're, since. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, you know, I just thought, I knew I wanted to do a show, and I thought it would be... A friend of mine told me, I mean, this guy doesn't have a balcony, but it doesn't mean, you know, certain things go, he's had certain things go okay for him. He said I should start, <laughs> when, 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 you want me to tell you what that means? Yes, please. When, when my, when Vinny, 
when his girlfriend's brother, I just confused everybody. When Vin, he, she's never going to hear this, Vinny. Just relax. I'll relax. Both of you, should, both of us should relax. Your mom's not listening to the Talk Glass show. But he, yeah, he loves his mom. But he said when, she, when he got his first apartment, like they just managed to do everything wrong. And, and then she goes, oh, that's great. Does it have a balcony? <laughs> Don't lead with, does it? No, it doesn't have a balcony. And his dad goes, it's easy to park. He's like, please, the two of you, please. You know, it's like going, oh, I, gr- I got accepted to a school. I got accepted. And they, Harvard? Can this, now you, you take the sales out of what this person's actually got to tell you. Does it have a balcony? So I just said, this guy doesn't have a balcony. But um, he said to make a journal. He said to make a journal. And uh, so uh, I thought this podcast could be my journal. I thought this podcast could be my journal, and um, and then I and I have a few things I'm going to ask, and then I'm it's open forum. All the questions will take calls, uh, and um, so I thought it would be good to do the podcast. And I thought, well, why put yourself through it? You're going to hear messages, some that I haven't heard yet, uh, a few that I have from my mom. And I think, first of all, crying is okay. Like sometimes it can make me feel better. You ever have the, like a good shed of tears can make you appreciate life. Just now, when I think about my mom, and I could just have an ugly cry sometimes. Sometimes it's a medium cry. Sometimes it's like, whoa, I haven't had one of those yet. Twenty minutes later, I could genuinely be enjoying the night or the day. Does that make sense? It's not like yes. it's not like you think. Well, come on, you couldn't be ugly crying. No, and, and I'm actually not ugly thinking crying. about it sometimes. I'm not thinking about it sometimes. And uh, then sometimes, once in a blue moon, I get angry. I go, what the fuck. You know what I mean? It's so final. But that's like 10% of the time. I'll catch myself just going, I don't know, usually thinking of like angry. Uh, angry. At, I, I want to I share the full story with you. And I want to spend like, t- there was a little drama going on. And I asked myself seriously, truth. Towards why, the end of Towards the life, end, yes. There was some. So there was some drama. There was always a little. But we, our family got along. Like even at the, you know. Drama between. Yeah, some, uh, some nephew and uh, and a niece and my brothers. And me and my brother, Corey, were the only ones at that point were, like, you know, talking. So there was some... But I, but I want to leave it vague. But I, but, I, but also, I also want to say, I think it's important to tell because it's realistic and it's what was going on when this happened. And I think... I knew that when my mom... I thought about it when my mom had passed. I'm going to be a wreck because I think because of not feeling loved growing up, my mom, on paper, it's easy to explain, but it doesn't mean it's always easy to deal with and never felt loved. You know, just uh, she had horrible parents. What she gave us was so much more than what she got. I mean, an absurd amount. She did a great fucking job and we're going to get to it. And it's... uh, and and I and I'm looking forward to it because I'm proud of her. She was an amazing fucking person, and I knew that in the last three years, you know, Kevin Sousa said when you don't deal with some things and issues you're having, as you get older, it implodes on you. And the last three years were rough. She just seemed angry a, a reasonable amount, and 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 then she got. You know, she got cancer during the pandemic, but this had started before then a little bit. It was like the last. 
four years, you know? Before that, oh, there's always family drama, but we still got together and we had a good, you know? And and I would still be home then. Like, going back right before COVID, I would come home and there'd be stuff going on and Steve did this. But once everybody settled down and me and my mom would stay up sometimes till one in the morning just talking, having really great conversations, you know? So even when there was chaos outside of there, and that was... So all I can tell you is... In in memory of my mom, in a loving way, like w- work on yourself as you're younger. Because when you get if you don't, when you get older, and then you lose track of, it's it's like this is what it's all about. Work on yourself. My mom did, she did, but somewhere in the final, you know, towards the end of her life, she uh, it was hard to to say, Mom, maybe you're wrong about this, or Mom, you know. But um, we talked till the very end. There was just some other fa- other other things going down. But um, but uh, yeah, that's what I take out of it. Not just to to make fun of her, but to say, hey, it turns into you. What what can you do to prevent? Well, number one, let people in your lives know you fucking love them, because you know it it it's so it's so important. And uh, and also, you know, to to set fair expectations of people is certainly going to make you have a good group of people around you set fair expectations of other people and uh but i knew when this when 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 she had with you know because we th- when she had cancer during the pandemic i thought we were gonna have to say goodbye to her in the hospital uh through zoom through zoom mm-hmm. and uh that crushed me and i had that conversation with her about are you scared and are you and and we talked about it and then she she uh, the doctor's like you know like it happens sometimes some other doctor mm-hmm. comes in he's like we can do something and then she beat it but then it, it comes back you know but i knew that like once some of the drama that goes on in all families was gone my i don't have to scrape up stuff to celebrate my mom and again that's where we'll leave that and again i want to over preface cuz i don't want to have podcast hangover more why did i share that because it sets an honest where we were at when it happened and what was going on. And that and we wouldn't be the first family to have it. But do you feel that's where your anger is sort of? No, no. My anger is it. I don't really. The anger is, I know, because I had one. I had it like two minutes before you all got in here. Because I wish I could have. I couldn't even get her to juice, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Orange juice, mm-hmm. like, she go, puh, puh. I go, mom, eat whatever you want, but your body, like, here's your body. Can you, can <laughs> I, okay, you're going through a lot, mom. I used to do this and make her laugh. I go, oh, you're going through a lot, but could you do me a favor, Maureen? Could we just get some water? now? Okay, we're, we're on a lot of medicine and we just a lot, if you would flush us with water every day, I go, I'm not doing it. How about eat everything you want to eat? Don't stop. <laughs> but could you hold your nose and juice so we can... We're begging for vitamins down here. Uh-huh. Now! Just do what you got. And that would... Ma- but it couldn't, couldn't get her to juice. I would buy it. At one point I went, I'm not going to make her juice. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that I wish I could have. I really do. But I really did try. And I'm going to spend very little time going down the path of... Could I have fixed this? Could I have, you know... When Ke- almost Dr. Kevin Sousa goes, it's not your, it's not your battle, Todd. It's not your battle. You don't have to go and fix it. Let her, you know. Um, but uh, we, I'll get you there. I'm gonna. Why am I gonna? I'm gonna play this message because you'll see. Um, 
where the call I got Monday, at this point it doesn't matter what Monday because that's all you're going to make it confusing. You just know it came on a Monday. But for, for what it's worth, it was like two, three Mondays ago. But it doesn't matter. Let's just go on forward. I get this is the sad call from my mom. Hi, Dad. It's your mom. And this cancer is back. I just wanted to talk to Call me when you can. Bye. So, you know, I I thought that she was just maybe overreacting. Mm -hmm. So I call. uh, This was two days before she passed. No, this was a Monday, and she passed on a Friday, and that's where we'll go right now. That's the sort of where we'll go right now. And um, so, and by the way, I'm not the only person that went through this. You know, it's like I get it. Yeah. Like, a lot of people go through this. And then yeah. if they've gone through hospice, that's another level of connection with someone. Someone might have gone through death, and you have so much in common. But the hospice thing, to be there, that's I've never done that before. But anyway, I get that call, and uh, I'm thinking... And then we do. We hear from the doctors about four hours later that, no, my mom, you know, of course I didn't say you're overreacting. I was, I was nice. I was sweet. I was very nice. And um, that, yeah, from Steve, we got the, her husband. You, she has one to three months to live because she was in there for five days already. And it doesn't mean the cancer came back. It could have come back a month ago. This is just when they're learning it. Mm-hmm. She didn't feel well. Hey, it's got to come back sometimes. I get it. But it is odd. You think, wow, they're so... She was planning on coming to my show. Mm-hmm. She, I have messages. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna they, bring some they, friends. They didn't know that whole time. They didn't know. I get, you know, hey, that means she was walking around. You know, she's she's very strong, and um, and uh, I get, you know, so so. Uh, the so three Monday, months to live. On Monday, I find that out, and I think. Okay, I have a day. I wanted to get some things in order, you know what I mean? But then my brother called me back. He was Todd, the doctor said you should come quick. Oh, real quick. In the meantime, I talked to my mom on the phone once. And I asked her. I said again, because I already had the conversation when we thought it was going to happen during the pandemic. I said, are you, are you, and it was hard. It was, are you, you know, are you scared to die? And uh, she said, I'm not, I feel bad for the people, you know, I leave behind. Mm-hmm. Which I've thought about that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh. And then I said, is it so... And I, and I knew on paper that people are more comfortable talking about whatever it is. I, had a, I knew a friend, their kid had uh, brain cancer, and mm-hmm. sometimes I would go back to her and go, Kathy, I'm, I'm, I, I want to... Sometimes you'll tell me something, and then I, I don't want to... And I want to ask again, like, you know, what stage is it? She was Todd, I'm only un- uncomfortable not talking about it. Some people, it's very hard for them to talk about I said, oh, thank you for telling me that. So I thought my mom probably wants to talk about it. So I asked the questions. I said, is it weird? Like, here you are. You're so present. Mm -hmm. You know? And then you know you're so close. And I was going to say to death, but I couldn't say it. Mm -hmm. She goes, yeah, it's the journey of life. You know, something like that. And, uh, And then, like, the doctors came in, and uh, she got sent home the next day through hospice. And everybody, my nieces, my nephews, every single person, with you know, you might think, well, wouldn't wouldn't uh, anybody 
do what they did? No. My mom, not my brother, not my nieces, not my nephews, not my not her husband. Everybody rose to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does that in the final hour. Uh, and they got there the first day. I called my mom. I said, do you want to see everybody? And she started crying and said yes. So she chose peace, even though it was very hard at her at her final at her final you know moments in life. She chose. She could have been like, no, I don't want you know. She chose peace, and uh, so they were there. Everybody, one day before I got there, mm-hmm. and Katie was laying in bed with her, and she she left the room, and she said, "Oh, tell Katie to come back," and and uh, I only know this because I and I zoomed for a little bit. I got home the next morning on Wednesday. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should I keep going? Yeah. So I get, I get, I get into the house. I thought I'd have some time with her to like talk, like you know what I mean, like go, mm-hmm. like to be totally lucid, you know. And when I got there, the first, she knew it was me. She said, "You know, it's me, right, mom?" She goes, "Yeah, it's Todd. I know." Weaker than that, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh wow!" It was a hit, hit. and I. uh it was it was a little bit much, you know, to take in right away. I it was fucking It was hard. She was different. Oh my god, yeah. And I knew it was so fucking close. Mm-hmm. You know, so I said uh You, you you forget a lot of the details, but I'll go through the what how I remember it. And I I one point, and I, I'm going to stop here and point something out that's really important. In her building, there's like sofas downstairs and fireplaces, and you know, place to cook. There's a lot of and a pool and outdoor barbecues, and there's a lot. I would say the average age there is 25 to 35, and they all loved my mom and her husband, and I get it. Because my mom's really fucking interesting, and she's cool. And uh, matter of fact, play this message from Andy Frasco. It's appropriate right now. My mom would have loved this message. Hey, Todd. It's Andy Frasco. How you doing, buddy? Just heard your mom died. Man, you must be feeling like shit right now. Thinking about you, bud. Just remember, she was one bad bitch. I swear to God. Saw some old pictures of her, too. That's why people... You know, because she was fucking cool, you know, and uh, they all and they were all there. And I I had met them the time before when I went home to visit my mom when everything was fine. She was in remission and everything was uh, and I hung out with them and I smoked some pot with them down by the pool. And it was nice. I go, okay, when I see my mom here, it's actually fun to have some cool people I can do some stuff with. I didn't mind, you know, and uh, they were all there. I mean, a lot. One of them happened to be a hospice nurse mm-hmm. or deal with that type of situation and was so helpful things we didn't know when you're afraid to lift somebody up she wasn't scared of my mom i was scared to like mm-hmm. oh she needs to get under there with a the blanket and pull her up and you know so she would do that and at the end of the night give her a sponge bath and like things that you know that that, that they were just fucking amazing they were just I mean, it's overwhelming sometimes i was crying because of my mom and other times i would just break down because uh you met, you know, people at their best. Some, 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 you know, somebody like. It says it, a lot about her also that it, she's able to just cultivate these brand new relationships. In, in, in a two years. Yeah. You know. And uh, 
But at one point, so they're there a lot. And thank fucking nature. Thank the universe Mm -hmm. that they were there because they made it so much better. So much better just to have people around. And uh, at one point, I, you know, I, I, tell, I go, Mom, do you hear what I'm saying? She squeezes my hand. I go, can you squeeze it again? I want to make sure. She squeezed it again. Mm-hmm. And I went, I, word for word, I go, Mom, I don't want to fucking push it, but two or three times, I want to make sure you hear me. And she went, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And I thought, I thought, you better say it, you know, say what you want to say. Because she fucking hears me. Not, not No disrespect to anybody that thinks, I'm pretty sure they heard me. And that's that's special, too. But that wasn't this case. She heard me, you know? Did you have something you wanted to say? I to just me? wanted to tell her she did a great fucking job. And I go, no bullshit. I go, you know, you uh, you gave us so much more than you got. And I know this, I wanted to be so realistic even when I was talking to her on her death, but I went, I know the family drama in the last year, it fucking sucks, but mom, we all know you did a fucking good job. Mm -hmm. You got so fucking little. And I said, you gave so much. And uh, I probably said some other stuff, and the dogs were in bed with her the whole time, just laying there with her. Mm -hmm. And it was adorable. I mean, it was it was more than that, you know. I would look at them sometimes. I go, "Are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? You are okay. I'm just checking in on you guys." And yeah, they were uh, they were right there with her, you know. And people would come over, and at one point, you know, I forget his name. I don't want to say the name if any of them hear it, and I give the wrong person credit. But there, he was. Uh, my mom had a crush on him. I think his name was Matt, and uh, he came into the room. At this point, she was, you know, she was she wasn't lifting her head ever. Mm-hmm. For me, she didn't even lift her head. Yeah, she just went. She knew it was me, definitely. But she lifted her head up a little. She goes, "Matt, you made it." <laughs> I, I, I go. I swear. I go to be. You know, obviously, I shouldn't preface it to be funny and be. I go, Matt, get the fuck out of here. You just got more out of my mom than I did. And it was so, you know, those moments obviously are important. And there were some kids that came in from downstairs that were like, one was 11, one was six, around that age. And I admire the parents for letting them go in and deal with, this is, you know, this is one way people leave the world. Mm-hmm. They'll let them, you know, they'll bring them to a funeral with a casket, why not? So I, some people go, oh, that's too much for them. But I, I don't think it is. I think they had a talk with their kids, and I think it was, uh, they decided... And they were just oh, seeing them. It broke your heart. Seeing some a guy that could look like a tough guy come in. You know what I mean? If you saw him, mm-hmm. maybe. And then he, they didn't know how. They got quick. You know, they saw my mom Sunday before. All these people saw her the Sunday before. She's inviting him to a show. They're not ready when they walk into a room any more than I was. They would come upstairs, and I finally figured it out. And they would come out, and they were, you know, just, just broke. It was too much mm-hmm. for them to see so soon. What the fuck? You were just fine. So, you know, and uh, and then she recognized my friend Meg. You know, she was like, Meg, my cousin Leslie. She would surprisingly have these, you know, 
And uh, but she was, you know, it was, and I got a a message from Kevin Seuss at, the, at this point. I call him because this is Thursday, exactly, exactly. And you're there, and it's sort of. And now Wednesday was, yeah. Uh-huh. This is Thursday. Thursday is the day I think if we had legalized or you know or morphine, it would have. You would have mo- taken some. I would have. I I would have in my perfect. <laughs> You know, it's funny. My my mom, my 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 mom's husband's son on the way home, he had something in his pocket. I don't know. He's a little cr- he's crazy sometimes. <laughs> I go, little Steve, what is that in your pocket? He goes, it's some morphine. I go, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I took a little. He didn't. For for ten minutes in the car, he's telling me uh, he, he was took joking. more. Yeah, it was something else. He goes, oh no, it's it was some like pills for his dog or something mm-hmm. that he got from probably. It was something like that. I don't remember. And on the way home. We, he took me to my friend Meg's house, which we'll get to. We talked about uh, politics. Mm-hmm. And we both got How'd out of the go? car. We go, it went okay because, you know, but we get out of the car and we go, yeah, me and little Steve the thought to lighten the, to lighten the load a little. We talked about politics because at that point, that's true. Uh-huh. Not, it, that's why it was such a great uh-huh. talk because it was, didn't matter. We just, we just dealt with something that mattered, you mm-hmm. know. Not that politics don't matter, but the... Stupid conversation you would have in a car. I think this. You, mm-hmm. we like, nobody cared really. I, he heard mm-hmm. his point. I, he heard mine. But um, so, so Kevin uh, text Kevin Sousa. I might go take nose drops because I don't feel like doing the show and breathing into the mic. So okay, hold on, hold on. <sighs> Thank you. I feel. There's no hurry. Maybe play one of those. Oh, sorry. Any of them. I just want to know, uh, Todd's show is on the 24th, and I just want, it's a Friday, and I have to know if you're definitely going. Okay, so give me a call when you can. Bye-bye. That was her. That's her. One of the other people that was there gave me that message. She had left it for them. You know, my dad. I had one message from him on my answering machine, and I, I don't, I don't know what happened to it. So with these, I knew I wanted to start laying them down. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know what? I'm sorry that I, I don't know. I don't know why I don't have it on here. But anyway, he said, you know, it's an honor and a privilege to take your mother to this journey in her life. Now, not that I wouldn't have been nice, but I really took that to heart. It really, so at four in the morning, I went in there, and I rubbed your head, and. So on Friday morning, you knew it was. Thursday was the last time she was in there with, like, my friend Meg and Leslie. Friday morning, I was afraid. Friday morning, here's what happened. The hospice nurse came in, and she said she thinks basically, everyone has a different memory of this, and I know a lot of people are going to, in my family, listen to this. I'm, I'm close enough, everybody. Please don't get, you know, there's always somebody, it wasn't Mac, it was handsome, it was Brad. All right, did you enjoy the show? Um, now, I say that, they won't do that as much anymore, if they are. Because I know you just, you, you know, you, you, you get enough of the story. Can I ask a quick so, question? Yeah. At this point, you guys thought it was going to be a couple of months, right? We, no, by that point, we're being told it could last up to, on Thursday, this could last for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're getting some of that. And uh, so, 
but we're, I'm hoping it doesn't. I don't want to drag this out, you know? And so what happened was Friday morning, you know what I'll tell is that I'll, I'll be less likely to miss anything if I tell as it goes. So I'm going to back up. Thursday, I'm telling stories about my mom with Meg in the room. The hospice nurse said, they hear. You know, there's some things we don't know, some things we're not sure, but they hear. So I told the story about, which I can't believe my mom did this, but I had a friend, his name was Vinny Piscatelli, and uh, he How was- How old a, are you? I'm in seventh grade. And Vinny, we're both in a special class, you know, and his teach, our teacher, Vinny, tells my mom, our teacher said she looks like Cher. My mom goes, my vagina looks more like Cher. <laughs> and Vinny had snot, like, you know when you, I remember snot coming out of his nose. I remember because he was handsome, I still thought he still looks good <laughs> um, at a young age. Uh-huh. But, um, and, uh, you know, I told the story about how when she goes, oh, Steve is um, doing pot gumby bears with me tonight. And I go, Steve's going to do pot gumby bears? She goes, well, he doesn't know it. I'm like, Mom, you can't roofie people. Uh-huh. But uh, so so I told those stories in front of her. And when she made candles with my second grade classroom, she came in. Do you think that's where you get your sense of humor? Are you, gonna, you know what I thought you were going to say? Do you think that's what killed her? That boring <laughs> story. The, the, uh... Yes, I do. I get my sense of humor from my mom, definitely. My dad, too. But my mom, you know, probably more my mom. And her silliness and her... Um, so... So we, you know, I'm doing that, and then Friday, the the hospice nurse goes. I basically I think it's time, and at first I thought Steve, he had been wonderful, you know, just taking care of my mom, and really being patient with her. This is her husband. Yes, 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 and being loving to anybody coming, even with all you know the family drama. Everybody, I thought, rose to the occasion beautifully. It wasn't just amicable; it was loving. It was loving. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was warm. It was needed. It was, you know, I was proud of everybody. I was proud of everybody. And uh, I thought, oh, no, this is when Steve's going to maybe not want to give her the morphine. You know, like we, because some people could wait. And it, well, he, because it's hard. And he felt like he was killing her, he had said. And then the hospice nurse talked to him. But I still thought, no, he's not. I, I want to start it now. Like I know other people have been through this situation. And this is what happens. Sometimes everybody agrees. And that's great. But... I lucked out because I thought, oh, he's not, I'm gonna, I hope I don't have to go like Steve. She said, the hospice nurse said it. You, you, 20 minutes after she left, he did it. And it, it made me sad, but it made me, I was so happy that he gave her that dignity to, to, to as hard as it was to start that path. And, you know, that night, uh, she, she was alive and, Vinny told me to journal some of the stuff, and I did. And one of the things I remember, and I'm glad because I would have forgotten it, there was sort of a magical night, a magical moment, and it involved Steve, me, and my mom. And I was in the, I opened the freezer, and she made these jelly cookies. And uh, there was like 10 of them on a plate. So I said, uh, I thought, oh, I wonder if it looks piggish of me to like, can I eat them? Meanwhile, can mm-hmm. you wait a month? Like, you know, maybe a month after my mom's gone, they're going to open up the jelly cookies. And I, you know what I mean? Like, you could see it. I'm going, can I have one? I go, can I have one? Which is full of shit. I mean, can I have the whole plate? And I said, hey, can, can I have a few of these jelly cookies? He goes, your mom made those for you. 
I was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he was sweet in it, and he and 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 it was like they she made them for me. I thought I'll eat two now and I'll eat two tomorrow. She made cookies for her own shiva. <laughs> wow, that she runs a tight ship. <laughs> and uh, so. Everybody, even though a few people are called and said that, you know, she was, you can interrupt me all you want. I don't care. But a few people had been called and said, oh, because Friday morning, you know, she's still alive. But, you know, she's, and midday, Steve comes out of the room. And I knew something had happened. I knew. I said, is she okay? He goes, no. And I went in, and she was, you know, just dead. The illness progresses rapidly at that point, like yeah. And then you're not taking any IV, and the, you know, you're you're sort of, you know, and you're on the pain medicine. She, mm-hmm. Before the morphine, she was given pain medicine, mm-hmm. but just not morphine. And then they have to come. The hospice nurse was there very quickly. They took her, took you know, heartbeat, and I looked at her. You know, there was sometimes I looked at her. One afternoon, and I just, no one was there, and I go, just looking at her, and just going, she's so, just there, mm-hmm. laying there. And I was like, what the fuck, Mom? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I thought she scrunched her lips like that glass, sort of. Like, yeah, life. So, and then, so I think after, like, I call people and say it happened, you know, and then... And then I have this expression before I get to when I called everybody because not everybody was there yet. I thought they wouldn't end up showing, which I was fine with. I really expected some of them to go. I don't. I don't. I have my memories of mom, and I and I who they came when she was alive. But like, but no, everybody came. My brother took the kids out of school. Spencer Merrill came. The nieces came. The nephews came. The the nieces and nephews, significant others. Everybody showed up very quickly, even after quicker. And. Um, I have an expression that I, I don't know if I made it up or I heard it, but you can only be as happy as you're willing to be sad. So, like, you know, like if you're sad and you do a little work, it depends on your level of what's happened to you, too. I never want to talk dealing with death. Like, it's there's different variations of dealing with death. I get it. Your own children is another level that I have no fucking idea. Um, but, uh, you know, like, you know, like you, you, if you can go that low and be that sad, and you can apply it to life, you can go back and be that much happier when it's good. To, and there was a moment when I was, my thank God, my my cousin Linda said, "Don't be in the room when they take her." The coroner. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. I did look out. The coroner had a suit on. I did, I didn't. Exp- it was noticeable to me, and uh, and uh, we went into the room, me and my nephew, and I get along with my nephew. We're close, but. When I said you can only get, is, I we just grabbed each other and really ugly cried for about a minute. I mean, really holding each other tight. And then I remember thinking, like, so life will be different now with him, not noticeably. Where it's, a, but that we had that. You know what I mean? It's another mm-hmm. level of of closeness, and so. And uh, I'll pause here. I I. Went to my friend Meg's. Meg is, when I was like 14, I worked. Her and her boyfriend owned a Dairy Queen. They were very young themselves, and we've stayed friendly all these years. 
I ended up going to her house. Um, she has an old home, which has a little bit something to do with it because it was a good place to be. It felt like it had a great soul. It's from the 1800s. Oh, wow. The original house, the little house is called from the 1700s. Wow. And it's f- just beautiful, the crackling fire, and she had it set up. And all I did was exist. I, luckily, I didn't, nothing was going on in my life where I had to, hey, you have to sign a mortgage paper. Your your furnace blew up, you know, whatever. But the, there's no furnaces anymore. But, um, and... Uh, Existed. All I did every day, I went to the gym. There was a Y up the street, immaculate Y, really nice and clean. I went in whenever I wanted to. I didn't have anything going on. I didn't. Didn't. I did it guilt free. It's not like, oh, I'm going to turn my phone. I didn't turn my phone off. The the, the universe wasn't really asking me for anything, mm-hmm. and I was there with Meg. Beautiful. Just laughing and crying, but la- I mean, she's known me a long time, and we still we sat in her living room. And we were giggling one night. She goes, Todd, oh, we talking things that would make us laugh. And she goes, I would see you over there near the hot dog machine. She, because, you know, they're a young couple trying to make ends meet. We're allowed to eat for free, but I'm sure I took advantage <laughs> of it. So she would see me at the end, and she, she goes, Todd, I would look at you and go, oh, I wonder how many hot dogs he's going <laughs> to shove in his mouth today. <laughs> And I thought that was so funny, laying oh. on her sofa. And I go, oh, yeah, Meg? Remember, we used to have to deep fry the hot dogs at the Plymouth Meeting Dairy Queen. But King of Prussia was just a kiosk. So, see, we would drop off a box of them pre-deep fried. <laughs> and they'd put them on the spindles. And they would sell them with the hot dog warmer above uh-huh. it. That contraption. I go, how many do you fucking think I ate when I was driving up to King of Prussia? <laughs> it was like an open bag of potato chips to me. <laughs> <laughs> and... uh we, I, uh, time with her was really beautiful. It was magical. And, uh. Right up bought a coconutty, bought it for the time. My sister had another one, she paid it for the lime. She put the lime in the coconut, she drank and pulled up. She put the lime in the coconut, she drank and pulled up. This is an album that my mom used to listen to. I think I was in third grade. She put the lime in the coconut, she called the doctor, woke him up and said, Doctor, ain't there nothing I can take? I said, Doctor, don't believe his belly ache. I said, Doctor, ain't there nothing All right, that's the house I'm thinking of right now. Don't believe his belly now let me get this straight. Put the lime in the coconut, you drank and bowed up. Put the lime in the coconut, you drank and bowed up. Put the lime that in the story. coconut, you drank and bowed up. You know, when we went to break, Daniel goes, let's talk about who your mom was. And I was like, oh my God, thank you, Daniel. Because that's what we should, That it's time, you know. I wanted to give the journey up to it, and we'll have the journey after it. But right now, I want to celebrate my mom. And there's a lot to celebrate. And that was a story... That I heard my parents laughing. You know, I've said this in my act before. Like, I remember thinking, oh, I want to be cool with my parents, like, when I'm old. Because mm-hmm. their friend would come upstairs and jump up and down on the bed with us. Mm-hmm. He was, like, 28. Oh, no. So, but, you know, to me, you know, you had a house, you were old. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, they were smoking. I go, what, do you, what was, you know, I remember vaguely going, what's funny? Whatever they told me was funny. I didn't think it was funny. But years later, these things get discussed, and... The joke was that my my dad, they didn't smoke pot a lot, but they did sometimes. And 
my dad goes, uh, his friend goes, is this, and his name is Bob. He goes, hey, is this kitchen counter or something? Is it for Micah? He goes, no, it's for Baba. Mm-hmm. Which, being high, you totally get how funny that is. Now I understand. And, uh, but they had, uh, they, they would go next door to their friend's house and hang out. And the way they would communicate with us, they would dial the number and leave the phone off the hook. And if we needed help, we'd have to scream into the phone. It usually took us about <laughs> 15 minutes to get their attention. <laughs> we'd be like, Ma! Because, <laughs> you know, they were, yeah. They were, even if they were just talking, it's hard to hear a voice. Finally, one of them would walk by the phone and we'd be like, Do we have pretzels? You know. But, um. So, where, um. Who was my mom? Where was she born? When was she born? Well, my mom just turned 80. Mm-hmm. And my mom, which I think is important to mention, I, I said it in passing, my mom did not get a lot. Her dad left when she was 13 because, uh, you know, we'd ask my mom. So she was born in 43? I think so. Yes, probably mm-hmm. somewhere around there. In, and her um, dad and her, go ahead. In Philadelphia? In Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And her dad left when she was 13. And, you know, we'd ask my mom growing up. And, you know, it's sort of like another little thing that I think both of my parents did. They never, I never, they never sat us down and said, oh, you know, remember this. But they, but they, you know, they lived it. Some people do both. They have sit down talks and they live it. I don't mean to imply that if you actually sit your kids down and have some words of wisdom and let me tell you this, and you can't live it. But my parents didn't ever say anything. They just lived it. They had no, which, so sometimes it could be forgotten a little easier because you didn't, you know, but this has to do with what you, um, about, uh, um, Mm -hmm. about who my mom is. She never said, because he, he was a bastard. She goes, well, back then, you couldn't get a divorce, and my mom was crazy. So he just had to leave. We got to the age where we knew, oh, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but we learned it on our own. We, our mom, so she never said, because he was me. She could have said, because he was, a, you know, she always sort of defended him. And when we're older, she didn't. We, she, they didn't need to hear. If my mom was a different person, she would have been because he was, he was fucking, you know, an asshole, yeah. a piece of yeah. shit. Yeah, Leave, left me when he was thirteen. You're lucky I don't. She always she didn't carry. She always that. she always smoked fondly of him, and she really adored him. And did she have a relationship with him after? No, that? no. He and wanted. You nothing. never met your grandfather. I one time the story is we met him, and my mom goes, "This is your." Uncle, like your grandpa Charlie, and the story was he said something like, oh, you can just call me Charlie. Like there was, there was something very cold uh-huh. or something. I don't know if that story's true. But anyway. Um, and your grandma, uh, her uh, mother? So, so, and, and she was crazy. Emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. So this is who my, this is what my and mom your, was your mom, did, did she have siblings? She had a brother who, uh, yes, and he older. lives in California, older brother. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and is he, is Uncle, he still... Uncle Harvey? No, he just died. He was a character. Uh-huh. Uh, he was very interesting. He was very interesting. And um, so, when my where did she my, go? To, what, can I ask you where, where did she go to school? I don't. I don't know. I know she didn't graduate from high school. She did not. She didn't graduate. No, she married my dad when she was sixteen. I think just turning seventeen. Oh, wild! And my dad was eighteen. Oh, wow! Oh, wow! So they were kids. Yeah. They were kids. They were kids. And this sort of leads into who my mom is and why she met so many cool people. Is that... Do you know how they met? The number... I don't. The numbers... The the stories get a little... You know, everybody has a different version of them. But all our stories are pretty close. Is that when my mom's around 20, she's in therapy. Which 
good for her because it made her open to that world, which did me and my bro. I think me especially a lot of justice believing in therapy. You know, my mom. You were introduced to it by your mother. I was introduced very young on. for for her when she was. I don't remember when she went. She was twenty years old, but I, then for me later in life. How old so, was she when you were born? Uh, I don't. Probably about. Uh, well. Maybe she's like, maybe she's in therapy. Maybe she's 25 in therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Because at this point, I think I'm born. Mm-hmm. But in, nevertheless, in there, she meets, you know, I mean, that's what I mean, the years can go. But but it's close enough. If, if I thought she was 20 and she was 24, we're still, she was no more than 24. And she met this other girl who was in therapy. She was 16. And they would always talk. And they, Rachel was like a, just a rebel and she had problems with her parents. And she ended up moving off to California and living like a real hippie. Like, I know that's a weird way to say it. And Rachel, my mom, wrote letters back and forth. And sometimes she'd visit. She'd come home to visit her mom, and she'd come over the house. i go, did Dad like Rachel? He goes, yeah, Dad loved Rachel, you know? And um, she went off. She lived like a hippie. And she lived in a commune. And one time my, 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 my brother... No, not my brother. My Yeah, my brother Corey and her went to visit. They went to visit Rachel. They kept in touch with letters all these years. And, like, I remember they came back and they were like, yeah, they don't flush the toilet when they pee, you know? <laughs> and good. They were hippies. They, yeah, they, they were there was a conservation the and respect to the planet, and we ignored them, and we're ignoring people now, too, but we don't even know it. Well, um, it doesn't sound like your parents were ignoring them. No, no. They were very, you know, um, and they went and visited, and... And then, I don't know if this is an important part of the story, but... How many siblings do you have? I have four... I have three brothers. Three brothers. Yes. And you. So there's four of you. Yes. Four boys. Michael. I should point that out. Michael, mm-hmm. Spencer, Todd, and Corey. Mm-hmm. Corey has two kids, Aaron and Sammy, and his wife's name's Wendy. Spencer has two kids, Tyler and Katie, and his wife's name's Merle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie's her boyfriend. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. and uh, Tyler and uh, Brittany, and that's the that's the family. And then Steve, my mom's husband, and his son, little Steve, I call him, and uh, his uh, wife Kara. That's who was there, you know, right after when it all happened. Like right afterwards, everybody in that group was there, and everybody was was really actually beautiful. Everybody was getting along. So anyway, so, my so mom. I have a question. My, well, let me just finish this real quick. So my mom had those type of friends and would meet people like that because she let her, you know, they had all types of friends, you know, like they, everyone would go to, oh, they had black friends, they had gay friends, of course, they had, but, but that's in a course, but like social, social, you know, uh, um, economical crossovers, you know, they didn't care. They had lots age. There were no barriers, but they never said, "You know, your friends should be." They just look at their friends, and they had an eclectic group of friends. That was my mom, and my dad. He never had any. You know, he was. You wouldn't have looked at him and thought it, but he. He was fine with with that. He what did loved he do? everybody. Your dad was a salesman, right? My dad owned a wear a shoe a, like they a, a wholesale shoe business. They would buy shoes in bulk, and then stores would come to the warehouse and buy shoes for their shoe store. Mm-hmm. So, but, 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 uh, yeah, my, my, my mom Where was, would he buy the shoes? Like from a, like a local I, factory? I can't or? really talk about it. Oh, yeah, because they had, <laughs> because they had money, they were able to go, that's what, you know, when you're the middleman, mm-hmm. they could go buy them in bulk mm-hmm. and then sometimes hold on to them for like five years until they oh, were, really? yeah, they had a really cool place down in center city. My grandfather 
took over this building and he wanted to make it really nice and he did. It was like the, the where the this shoes were. This is your dad's dad. dad. Yeah, they yeah. were in business together. It was a family business. Jacob Glass Shoes. And I used to go Jacob there when Glass I was little. Glass Shoes. Yeah, that's My, cool. Are there any signs or? Yeah, yeah, of there this? are. There are. I would go there that's when cool. I was little and I would answer the phone. Just mm-hmm. because I, it was MA seven seven one one eight or one nine, I would answer, put people on hold, just because I thought it seemed cool. And I was like twelve. I go, Jacob Glass shoes, hold, just to make it seem like you guys are busy. Just yeah, and then I would pay. I would love to page people. They put in a PA system. Oh, mm-hmm. I could, couldn't get me off of it. Uh-huh. Did you get in trouble for the holding though? No. Okay. Because I knew I didn't keep them on hold long. Just a minute, hold. I, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. Yeah, and um. Even back then, I remember cleaning where the coffee was. It was always disgusting. So from the, uh, that was the world you came into. You were the youngest or the second? One younger. Yeah. And you come into this world. You're in Philadelphia. Your dad owns this shoe business. Your mom is a, your mom? My mom's a stay-at-home mom Uh at that point. And, you know, my mom, my dad. My dad and do you okay? My dad, when he was thirty-two, went doctor to doctor. If it wasn't for my mom, she, they probably never found this out. He, they just kept telling him he had indigestion. He ended up needing open heart surgery when he was thirty-two years old. You had to go to Cleveland to do it, and they tried people to stay with us and it wasn't working like an au pair service because you know it's hard to give four kids to somebody. Well, you go to Cleveland with your husband, and. They decided to ask Rachel and Johnny, and they had two kids, and if they wanted to come watch us for, I think it was three weeks, and they did. We flew them out, and they were, like, I, all the reason I keep saying they were, like, real deal hippies, because, like, you know, like, Rachel would pull her breasts out and squirt milk across the room, and we're, like, in second mm-hmm. grade and fourth grade, and, and uh, Johnny, her husband, looked like Grizzly Adams. And my grandfather came over, and he was very traditional, like, you know, not hip, Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, well, of course, they were taking care of his grandchildren, but he, they loved him. Like, that was cool to watch, to go, look, see, he doesn't care. He can't have any judgment. It was a very different, those are two very different families two different, they came from. Yes. Your mom and your dad. No, they both, well, my, my parent, my, my, my dad had at least a mom and a dad that were caring and loving. Yeah. He had good parents. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. And they watched us, and, uh. For those three weeks. It was a lot of fun. We convinced them that my, my mom let us drive bikes around the house, we tell her. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, my mom let us drive bikes uh-huh. around the living room. That's why there's no furniture in there. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, my dad said, if I'm going to make a fire, make it in the toilet. <laughs> no, he said it. <laughs> and your father lived for... A... He passed away shortly, though. Yeah, well, my father... My uh, Let me also say this. Because of when my dad had the heart attack and then he came home, and I have a picture of this. My mom always wanted to say celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's why I was playing Christmas music when, when you guys got here. She always wanted to celebrate Christmas. And I remember one time, this is after he had open heart surgery and came home, and he was going back to you know work with his dad. and Not his dad, but, you know. And um, we stopped on the way home and bought a fully decorated Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And my dad brought it into my mom. Because that we're like we're gonna celebrate Christmas, and there's a picture of them kissing over it, going our first Christmas tree, and that Christmas was a big deal at our house, and I'm glad it was fun. 
Christmas mm-hmm. was a big deal. I Before lo- that, you guys had only done Hanukkah. We did Hanukkah, and then we did both for two years, and then after that, Hanukkah. Goodbye, mwah! Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christmas, it was so, we'd have a big party every year. Got a little too crazy sometimes, but uh, a lot of fucking going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my parents are hip. Um, but, uh, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, you know, this Rachel situation sounded. Yeah. But uh, my mom, you know, I'm going to play something for you. Were you? Do you remember them? Because you said they never, they showed, they lived by example. Mm-hmm. They taught by example. Do you remember, like, sexuality being discussed or, like, you having questions? No, that's what I mean. There was nothing. But they had gay friends. Mm-hmm. That's why it's weird that I stayed in the closet that long. Because it, there it was just non-existent. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't even a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, not, not the world wasn't like that, but in my pocket of my life. So, mm-hmm. but, uh... Yeah, and they and they um did you know that they were gay at the time? Me? N- um like is that a kind of thing you found out later? No, I knew I knew in hindsight even in 3rd grade. 3rd grade, but when I was like 14, that's when I couldn't, you know. Then when I thought something, but I always thought it would go away. I always thought it would go away. But my parents, I don't know how my dad would have been. I'm not sure cuz he never knew, but I also have a brother who's gay. And um, uh, but the point is, as far as their friends and um, Christmas, big deal. Christmas, uh, yeah, we had a we had a we had a fun Christmas, and you know, I I was I'll tell you what this has to do something with saying things before. It's too late. I, I'm going to play one thing for you, and I'll play another later. About five years ago, you know, I said, I think mom thinks you don't have any good memories from her, you know? I think a lot of parents deal with this. They want to think they did a good job, and especially you, when you did, you know? And I said, Spencer, because they, they, it was like five years ago, they were like, you know, there was a little turmoil. And I go, why don't you write her a poem? Because he had write a poem when my dad died. He goes, and I remember him saying something like, oh, really? And he had already written it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to tell you two things. Once when Spencer was little, they got him a birthday present. It was just green paper on a board. And they said, that's what your birthday present is. It was for railroad tracks. And they slowly gave it to him. And my mom made candles, and we would dip our hands in the hot wax and get these giant hands. But my brother, Lynn Shore sang it. He sang it, but this is a poem that five years ago, so maybe with some drama here and there, that my mom heard this, and, and I knew it meant a lot to her. We framed it, and she had it hanging up t- till, till the very end. She had this poem hanging up. And, and Joe, it's called, um, to put it to music, Joe McKenzie, thank you. And this is a poem, uh, uh, Spencer's poem, where Joe McKenzie, hot dogs, and, and no, so this is a poem Spencer wrote, and Joe McKenzie put it to music. But my mom got this five years ago. Wow. It's a professional show. Monster hands from hot wax Green paper aboard but no railroad tracks Visits to Brooklyn were as fun as can be Spent with Keith, Stacy Laurel, and Frank Harry 
We climbed the Pocono Mountains Spent some time at some crazy zoo Went to Dutch Wonderland Fell off a cement horse With the whole lives around I tried not to cry, of course These are some memories Some big, some small Remembered quite fondly But that isn't all A fountain in our den And a long furry chair And racing down Academy Road The yellow Buick was the best Rachel and Johnny were far out, I must say But they were great people I remember to this day We got to meet some unusual folks Merlin, Freddie, Bob and Irene Sheila and Jack, Patty and Charles All part of my youth in which there were no quarrels These are some memories Some big, some small Remembered quite fondly But that isn't all Wake up for the blackout Is what you said We didn't know why We were already in bed Homemade icing for dinner If not Robin Hood Not quite nutritious But boy, oh so good of the cowardly lion was as good as it gets there ain't no denying the stingray bikes were an incredible surprise for me and Michael with both our wide eyes these are some memories some big, some small remembered quite fondly but that isn't all some memories, some big, some small, remembered quite fondly, but that isn't all. And the poem goes on from there, and it did include Billy the Poodle. So, you know, as this was playing, I was really thinking about my mom, and I think this will go right back to who my mom was and maybe my connection to my mom, is that my mom besides not caring that I was gay. I never had to hear anything about religion or, you know, she you, knew. Did, you think she knew I think she you didn't, called her? Yeah, because my mom didn't care. You know, when you don't want to know, it's easy not to figure it uh. out. People always say, how do they not know? Well, when you don't want to know, it's easy not to know. A lot of people don't want to know. Uh, yeah. But my mom didn't care. But it was still when I told her a little bit of uh, she thought I had a crush on somebody else and like them. But anyway, that's not the point. She didn't give a shit. And also... When I was doing very bad in school, my mom did everything in her power to get me into a school. She knew that I wasn't stupid. She knew that I needed special help. And she put me in therapy. And, and that, I mean, that just molded who I was. Mm-hmm. To, for, to, to, and I don't remember going to therapy in second grade and thinking, it, quite frankly, I felt bad for the guy, that the therapist. Because I remember he told me he got a divorce. What? Yeah, good boy. Well, the therapist was sad. No, I was fighting to you. I remember him. He was, <laughs> he, he was so. He was like six foot four, and I saw him bringing his groceries in. Uh, and I go, uh, "You where? Where? Why were you buying your groceries?" <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, because I, I something about a divorce." I go, "You got a divorce?" <laughs> I go, "So now you got to buy your groceries?" 
And then I found some artwork that I put. He opened his filing cabinet, and I saw some things that I drew. And I said, he said, you threw them out. And he apologized. And I remember feeling bad for him. I'm like, oh. And I was in second grade. I caught this guy stealing my artwork out of the trash. <laughs> anyway, that's a true story, truth. So anyway, my mom brought me from therapist to school. I went into this school, and it didn't work. And then we'll keep him, you know, we'll... we'll my one teacher, before she put me into a special school entirely, which I needed. They didn't know what was going on here, you know. And um, she would hire this woman down the street to help me with math, Linda Michael. Mm-hmm. She would help me with my math. And then she made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, no, she made me dinner with mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Remember, I told her her mashed potatoes were lumpy. Mm-hmm. She said, I said, can I have a scoop of peanut butter for dessert? Because that's what she used to give me. She goes, only if you tell me my mashed potatoes aren't lumpy. I said, they're not lumpy. Give me my fucking peanut butter. Um, so my mom never thought I was dumb or talked to me as if I was. I always knew, even then, I knew a lot of my teachers too, that they, they knew, they tried. Like, it was like, what? Why can't this kid learn? He's obviously, you know, stupid is not the right word to use, but he's Uh not, you know. And she never, she, so that's why that connection is there. That, That was a big deal. And always fucking thought I was funny. Like, my mom would laugh. Stop it, I'm going to pee. Really? Yeah. And sometimes that's sad because that wasn't in you the remember, last... You remember, like, uh, like early memories of making her laugh or, like, discovering that superpower? Yeah, it was... I don't... You know, it was... I'm trying to think when I really realized, like... It could have been even, like, still hitting, like, 16. Like, my mom. Like, that's when... I would really make her like mm-hmm. laugh, like you know. Now I'm like a young adult. Well, yeah, because you were a little bit more on her level. Right, now. right. That's great. Like I used to call. Oh my god, I used to call. She had like a, a place. It was called the the Fraser Zoo, and they had like, you know, uh, lizards and all that type. You know, and kittens. That I kittens. Know, yeah, they they had this like um. They uh, like fish and and a lot of different things and. And they, I would call her. And I knew when she knew it was me how I had to back down. And so whatever it is, I call her on the phone. I go, I go, uh, uh yeah, hi, hi, I was curious. And I asked a question, and I knew she knew, she, she her, her, her guard went up. Dead. Wait, wait, I, wait, you would call her at home? No, I would call her at the pet shop. Oh, she worked there. It wasn't really a pet shop. I don't like to say pet shop. Oh, your mom worked. No, there. she owned it. Her and her brother Michael. Her and my brother Spencer opened it, and then my brother Michael and her. It was oh, called the I... Fraser Zoo, and eventually it was called the Fraser Zoo. And this is later. You were already, you were in high school. Yeah, here, no, or... I was out. I had already moved. To... It was about uh-huh. two years after my dad died, and I had already moved out to California. Okay, that's All where right. she met her husband. He used to drop his kid off there, who would help out. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I would call her there, mm-hmm. and I go. Uh... Whatever, I'd lose her. All of a sudden, she goes, oh, she knows it's me. So I would say these key lines that I knew she would like the customer because it's shit she says. Mm-hmm. So I go, yeah, that is more than I wanted to spend, but my wife says you're going to have the dog for 15, 20 years. You should spend some money on it. She goes, that's what I tell people. <laughs> <laughs> And I would just get her. I would do it one after uh-huh. another. And she would go, oh, I think yes, yes, I, yeah. And then I would go, oh, yeah. Because I lost her almost. You get it? Uh-huh. Then I lost yes, her. Then I get her back. And just when I get her back, I go, yeah, those dogs, are they good for fucking? <laughs> she would go, Todd! <laughs>
She would go, oh, I knew I had her. And she'd also taught a bird. You know, I was already at that point going off and doing like, I was still living home because I started comedy in high school, 11th grade. Yeah. So it was like I was still living at home, and then I moved out, and I moved back very quickly. The do same you, day. Do you remember the decision, like, telling your mom to drive you to an open mic? No, my mom didn't. Oh, by the way, as far as when I moved out, that's because they kept telling me to. Uh, your parents. Then my dad would go, come on, Todd. Because I, we, we, I had this, I would argue with my mom, but I also, you know, I loved my mom, you mm-hmm. know. So, like, I would just stress her out because I was very, like, organizational. Like, I was, like, mm-hmm. always mopping. And, um... So I moved, then, then I moved out the second time, and then I moved out for a while. But mm-hmm. I, I would still come home. And, but uh, so I'd already moved out, yes. And um, what were you asking me? So when you started doing comedy, oh, yeah. who's taking you to the show? Okay, so I start to do comedy, and, and then my brother Spencer. And then I get my license very shortly after. But how do you go, like, connect me from... I want to do stand-up comedy, oh, like oh. like a comedy club uh, experience. Yeah, that's easy. That, that's easy. Like, but, but do we want to talk about? Well, oh, yeah, it's really okay. Quick. We can side note. Um, I had only done jokes like Rodney's jokes, but at a bar in the mall because I worked mm-hmm. at the Dairy Queen. And we'd come over at night. Mm-hmm. You know, there'd be like I'd go up and do Rodney jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'd done stuff like that, like going up, not like as my own. Mm-hmm. You know, doing an homage to him, or maybe mm-hmm. the people didn't even know they thought I was very funny for mm-hmm. for a fifteen year old, sixteen, fifteen year old, seventeen. Yeah, I looked yeah. a lot older, and I, you know, I would do that. But then eventually, we, my friend Albert Nalabotsky told me about the comedy works. Okay, I got it. And then I went, and every every time when I would go to see the big acts, they would go, "If you think you're funny, come out on Wednesday night." Well, I went eventually. I did. Yeah. Okay. And my great. parents came to see me like the third time. How'd you do? That's so good. I know. The first I know. time I it's did great. Never. I no. know. And that's I learned, and that's what they think you do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if they catch you on a bad night, they think that's what you're doing and every then night. Early on, especially, yeah, it kind of ruins it for a while. Yeah. So you have to wait. Then after that happens, you don't invite them back to you're like, no, I'm. It's got to be like. Either a, you know, when they have a weekly show, but it's packed every week and it's a great crowd. And if you don't go up there with stick up your ass, you're going to do well. I started inviting him to the comedy works, and then I would do very well because those were mm-hmm. great crowds and it was a great club, and I'd get to open for amazing acts, mm-hmm. everybody. But anyway, and my parents came all the time. My That's mom cool. came, and my dad came a lot. My brother Spencer, very supportive. Michael, everybody, you know. And uh, but my mom, I to make my it sounds so cliche because it's true for a lot of kids, you know. But I mean, my mom, it was just fun to get her to laugh, you know. And I would like to tell her, I go, she goes, I'm gonna, I go, I'm gonna make you shit. That's how good I am, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just to get her to laugh. And um, she used to jump out behind the, uh, come out of the closet, and oh, some of this stuff you know, but I don't know if our listeners do. But she would jump out behind the closet. And scare me when I came home from school. Again, how does a mom do that? Yeah, she's 29. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you could see how a 29-year-old thing would be funny to scare their kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Not, it's not the worst thing in the world. I go, how did you know when I was going to be coming into the house? How would you time it? Years later, when I was like 30. She goes, well, I didn't. Your bus would pull up, but you'd stop and talk to every <laughs> single person on the street. So if your bus pulled up, I knew I had about 45 minutes to you. <laughs> would come home and tell me why everyone was painting the house a certain color or, you know, why... Ice cream isn't free. I thought it was, and my neighbor told me it wasn't. I said, no, the ice cream trucks are free. <laughs> I thought they were. <laughs> I thought it was like a prison or something. So give it, I don't know, not a prison. But anyway, so that's that. That's, um, so now the message is 
play a few of these just to... Todd, you just called here a second ago, so why aren't you answering the phone? Play play them all. Bye. And then I she asked me there's one about socks. Hi, Todd. I'll ask you I would love to come and see you with the kids. They're all old enough, I think. Nineteen and twenty one. To come to the comedy enough. show. Um, see? But we need to know if the exact date. I think it's the 24th on a Friday. Please call me back and confirm it so Adele knows. Two weeks before she dies. And I know. Less. Okay, I'll wait to hear from you. Bye. There's another one. I want to hear about these socks. Hey, I just called to tell you what happened to your socks. Now. So give me a call, and uh, I'll find out what kind of socks you want. Bye. She said, Steve said that he... They were having such trouble getting him here that he was just going to have him sent to the house. Like, and you'll get him when you're home. Mm-hmm. These silly socks, which I love. It's a good gift to get. It's finally something I could tell my mom I needed. And I loved wearing different color, funky socks. It's, and uh, she goes, well, Steve's just going to send them here, she told me. And, you, and you know, you'll get them when you're home. Because mm-hmm. I was coming home anyway. I just went home a little early because of what happened. Now, was it wrong? I didn't go home and go, where are my socks? Like, I really do feel like my mom wanted me to have those socks, mm-hmm. just like those cookies. Mm-hmm. Where are my socks? Mm-hmm. My mom got me a present I wanted. This Christmas, I want my socks from my mom. Because they, they're, they were en route to me. So you think I Stephen think I, has them? I think he's wearing them. No, I think he forgot with all the drama. <laughs> Hope. At least people know I'm kidding that are listening to this. I'm not really upset with Steve because he has my socks. It's a enthusiasm. It is. Maybe he'll hear about this and someone will go, oh, yeah, that's right. It's funny. And he'll get my it's socks. Funny. Not that I want this word to get back to him. Get the one Ann and Mike got for me. Those were great ones. Wherever they got those silly socks, Steve, that's where you get them. What else do you want to know about my so, mom? Um, and then Does she sound interesting? I, yes, she does. No, she does you're, you know, you're clearly a product of... Oh. Of everything, you know, that she tried to do. I don't know your siblings. I know you very well. And you're a very fun, m- you know, m- measured, kind, fair person. Always have been. So, Boy, thank you. Um, I think, you know, especially for your mom, must, you know, it must have been so great to watch you succeed. I think I'm glad that they got to see me. Uh, there's definitely a feeling... Uh, of number one, that my dad got to see me on in New York with mm-hmm. Patty LaBelle. That was like I just always liked. Oh, he saw me, okay? Because you forget that he was knew, early he on. Knew you were going to be okay. He knew it was going to be okay. And my mom saw me a lot. I when she said we talked we talked about New York, and when she said, I'm going to say it real clinically, so I don't. <laughs> Look at me! I don't. She goes. I guess I'm not going to make the New York show. And you know what? I fucking just. It it was. I go. It was the only time I thought I knew. Like you're just gone. I only got you here for a few more, and you're just. I'm watching you just pass right in front of me, and then you're done. And you know you're not going. I can't say I think. Oh, you will. There's no chance. There's no. That's not the world we're living in right now. And I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be all right. I don't think I'm going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm all even. I know when my dad died, I was sad, and but I always felt, oh, I'm going to be all right. 
You know, I'm going to be all right. I knew very quickly after. And my How dad died. When about 23. And I knew, like, first I, like, let out a primal scream in the emergency ward. How old was he? He was 47. And I let out, like, this scream, and I hit the wall, and I put my hands down, and I said, we're, we're going to be all right. It sounds so, like, written, but I swear to you, I go, we're going to be all right. So they were married for 30 years. Yes. And, and they were happily married. They had, they had their problems, but like a lot of marriages, but mm-hmm. they had a lot that they enjoyed together. My, my, my mom, it was hard for her to watch my dad. You know, my dad didn't really smoke that much. He didn't, wasn't a drinker, really. But he, you know, when you have a cholesterol problem, being, that's why, you know, he, they didn't have Lipitor. Mm-hmm. And my dad, you wouldn't look at my dad and thought, like, he just, he was, just ignored the cholesterol. He wasn't, he's probably about 35, 30 pounds overweight, which is nothing that's like, so it's nothing, like, I'm just putting it in perspective. But my mom knew it and she would cook for him and he would ignore it. And I think then she got into dogs and I think that was her way of coping with, you know, and we had a lot of dogs. And I, I there was sometimes it was a little, that's what my mom thinks Spencer might regret. Like, and you know what? Other kids that didn't have dogs, they were doing yard work. You know what I mean? We didn't have to do yard work. And my, we'll remind, like, also, we we didn't have limitations on our house. Like I had friends. You're not allowed to eat after nine. We were like, we could eat at four in the morning if we wanted, <laughs> you know, as long as we kept it clean. But, um, but um, what specifically was I talking about? Yeah. So so my dad lived, you know, till for so he had it when he was like 32, maybe 33 max, and then he lived, you know, to to 47, and, and- then. Yeah. What happened to the pet shop? It ended up um, my my Spencer got out of it with my mom. You know, he they stopped doing it together, uh, and then Michael ended up doing it with my mom. And then eventually, my mom didn't want to do it anymore. But Michael kept it going for like another two years and then sold it. But it did well. Really? Yeah, it did really well. Michael came in and really he knew what to do. You know, like where do you buy like the you know what I mean? Like the merchant, like, if you have a pet store. Are you, you thinking about journals? opening up a pet store? You know, um, do you I don't like get... talking about the pet store too much. Because even though they were the best it could be, still it's a pet it's store. <laughs> you don't need to have, a, you know what I mean? So I get it. But but they, they were uh, like, like funny. you know what I mean? So that's yeah, why I'm trying to move past it. Like, I was going to say this before. Now I will. Like, they would have like three or four dogs at a time that ran around the shop. They had a double door outside, and they got housebroken pretty quick, and it was a real humane way to have them, but still that whole, you know, that whole world. Um, but that's how they, they did it. With the, They would have, like, four dogs at a time, and people, don't they poop? Yeah, they do, and people, you just clean it up, and eventually they would learn. to. They had a little area out back, fenced in, and it was like, it was at least they had a, a little bit of a life. But anyway, it, it, it doesn't need to happen. You know, turtle in a box. <laughs> anyway, let it free! You know, it's anyway. so it's so great that you were able to have a conscious, like a present relationship with your mom, and that you don't feel like you didn't have anything, like you you didn't get to say or be honest. It just it's like I feel that's great that you got. You mean at the very end? Yes. Well, if the I don't know if it wasn't for Kevin, he said something like to the effect of "Don't worry about crying in front of her," mm-hmm. and. I'm just glad he's, if you have it to say it, say it, because it's hard. It's hard, and then you well up with emotion, and you feel so, 
like you know, and then and then you think, well, they don't know that, so I'm glad I said it. And guess what? If you didn't say it, somebody out there didn't say it. But guess what? You need to you need to forgive you yourself. Know, and you know what? Energy is a big deal. And they're in their honor. You know, the only thing the only thing you could do, and I know it sounds cliche, but I love things that are like not like, well, I hope it's true, and I and I'd like to believe it's true. I'm talking about there are some things that are true. And in the memory of anybody to just live on as a as a positive, let the let their that's the only way you can continue them in life is to live through them and make you know and, and I don't know what we're talking about specifically. You know, it's amazing how many interactions, how many things, how often we would change if we knew it wasn't temporary. It was the final time. And I think I like throughout this whole thing as as you went through this journey, I think you really you know handled it so so gracefully well thank you and i let myself ugly cry i let myself uh laugh i let myself you know do it all i don't have to you know i don't have to like doesn't have to but kevin said you you shouldn't just be laughing and you shouldn't just be crying right (laughs) probably not good if you're laughing feel it all yeah feel it all you know make make silly jokes make dark jokes make demented jokes ugly cry let yourself just be. Um, and um, um, Tig Notaro, uh, Sarah Silverman told me that Tig Notaro has this line where she goes, there's only two types of people in the world, the people that have their moms and people that don't know what they're in for. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that applies to many variations of that, things you're going to go through in life. But that's specific to that is, yeah, the... the the losing of a of a mom. You know, the other day, uh, Hansa, my friend Hansa, and her five year old daughter came over, and you know, I have to admit, when I used to hear someone's mom died and they were eighty, of course it's sad, but it's you. There's different levels of sadness. Mm-hmm. You think they had a good life. You'd say that very quickly. Oh, that's sad, but they at least they had a good life. But, and because I thought that when I my mom was dead, my my mom had died, I thought. Are people going to know what this like? Because it's like if she, if I was 10. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, oh, it's different feeling for me. It might, and that's how I projected onto other people. And the other day, my friend Hans and her five-year-old daughter came over. And Satya gave me a hug, like, with no, uh, well, she was 80. Just like, she, you tell her hug meant, well, if my mom died, here's how I'd feel. So that's how he must feel. And it's exactly the hug that I needed. You know? Mm-hmm. Did you hear what I just said? Yes. Yeah. So it was nice. It was like, I, as soon as she hugged me, I went, oh, yeah, she's, oh, you know, someone's mom died. How about if my mom died? And uh, there you go. But, you know, my mom just, uh, you know, at the end, and we're we're aiming towards it, and I just, I wanted to lay down some, You know, just some solid, nice, kind words about my mom. And just just really celebrate her. Because, you know, when Andy left me that message, you know, she's a bad... He goes, she was a badass bitch. And then he had to re-record it. And he forgot, badass. I didn't want to call him a third time. And, uh... But I, I really it was so... Like, oh, my mom... I, yeah, my mom would love that. Like, she was. You know, she really... There's a poem another poem that I'll probably wrap things up with that again Katie gave this to my mom probably four years ago five years ago didn't wait till she was dying 
So that's a good thing. That's got to feel good when you have something like, oh, why did I wait till the end? Spencer didn't with his poem, and neither did Katie. And Lynn Shore sang it. And you have to remember the whole time, this is a poem that my niece gave to my mom a few years back. So um, did I write anything down? Her friends are big. The building. My mom, I might have said this on the podcast, but I thought it was another interesting thing. My mom said years ago, and I always remembered it. She was maybe the crazy people are the normal ones, and the normal ones are the crazy ones. I don't know if anyone else has ever said that. I only know my mom to say it. And what I take out of that is maybe if you're walking around twitching, it's because you're aware of how many starving children there are. Maybe to walk around, yeah, I know they're starving children, but I can still have fun. <laughs> that doesn't make me a bad person. I would probably someone that is very in touch with what's going on in this world would walk around and maybe be a little crazy. So, you know, that's just a half-baked theory. But but I remember she said that, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, there's probably, probably a little truth to that. Um, and we knew about karma when we were in second grade. In second grade, we knew about karma. And that's good, because that means we knew 30 things I can't even remember right now. Mm -hmm. If they were teaching you that, you knew this, you know? And um, and there was something else I was going to say. It had to directly to do, we knew about karma and... A lot of a lot of you know kids wouldn't you know what I mean? They're like, oh, my parents. This is I'm so glad I remembered this because I think it says so much. My mom, I look. My dad went. My dad went with. He did it. He went along. But my dad, you know, it was my mom that you know was that perpetuated these things. You know, mm -hmm. my dad did a lot of good things too. But this was my fucking mom. It took us when look. Corey was five. I'm pretty close in age right now. Corey was maybe five. I was seven. 9, 10, 9, 11, right in that area, took us to see Hair of the play. And you know what? Even though it was when I was in third grade, second grade, those songs stick with me differently than someone that didn't go to the play. And those were songs about forward-thinking, you know, mm -hmm. things, you know. And uh, that's because of my mom. That that's that's You know how I know that can be forgotten? Because it sounds like... That's amazing. Yeah, because you know what? Like I said, because if I could remember that she took us to hair at that age, just, again, there's 20 other things that I can't remember. And she, it's, so, it, it's easy to sort of forget about it because I know because I did. Like, even when I say, oh, my mom's great. It was, yeah, of course. Hey, look, it's just the way it is. It's okay. It doesn't have to be you were totally uh, unappreciative when they were alive and now you're... No, I was appreciative too, but it went up a level. I really had... We able to dive into who my mom was, you know, and it was, fuck, you know, just so, so, uh, you know, so much of me is because of her. So much of me is because of her. So, um, do you know anyone dead? No, your mom. That's not nice. One time for Christmas, I heard this song, 
Not yet, but I heard this song and I told my mom, I go, Mom, it's like, da na 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 And I was, oh, by the way, I'm like 17 at the time. I was sleeping. I remember I fell asleep in the living room and I heard it on the radio and I, two weeks would go by and I'm like, no, she goes, what was it like? Later she told me she already found it, but she kept <laughs> going, what was it like? I go, bum, ba bum, ba bum, 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 ba, and there's fire. And then Christmas morning, I went into the. I couldn't believe it. Love. Playing in the living room. Like, where did you find it? And it's the only time I was actually excited. Like, a lot of times I feel bad. She'd try to trick me. Like, I'd ask her something. She'd go, here it is. I knew it wasn't it. Like, a little baby guitar, and I wanted a real guitar. So I had to go, oh, you got me a baby guitar. Mom, I'm 20. You can't fool me. Where's the real guitar? Get it. But I heard this playing. Oh, I was so... That and a pair of pants I really wanted. Those were two times I remember. Couldn't believe... She tricked me. I was with my friend Katie. I go, I should get those. She goes, nah, they're ugly. I go, oh, I thought they were cool. And Katie later told my mom, they are cool. You should go buy them. And then I opened them. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Even our dog, Billy, got excited. We used to go, she'd get all excited. We got excited. we go, what are you excited about? <laughs> She's like, I don't know, but... Everybody's excited. I fell into a burning ring of fire. My mom I went down, down, wrote this song. And the flames went What if I start She wrote this song. I said, why don't you get residuals? She said, Cher's vagina looks more like that was her go-to. So I think a good way to to wrap things up are, number one, thank you for letting me share it with you and... Uh, it helps. It really does help. You know, there's times when I do want to talk about it, and there's times when I'm talked out. I go, ah, I can't cry anymore. And then sometimes I need to cry. Mm-hmm. So talking to someone I haven't talked in a while, I go, I know it's going to bring up emotion when I talk to this person today. Uh, or sometimes I choose not to at all. Hey, how you doing? You know what? We're not going to talk to each other. I don't tell every single person. But if I think it would be necessary in our life for them to understand this dynamic, then I share it with them. Uh, so anyway... But um, it's kind of an interesting thing, right? It kind of lets you know the how close some people who you choose to share the news with is sort of, you know. Well, you know, it's, sometimes it just has nothing to do with deep love for people, because there were some people like that who I really cherished oh, as really? friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, a few I felt. Come on, Todd, you got it. But I happened to, to like talk to Steve and Danielle a lot, mm-hmm. so they knew right away, and they were sort of. For the you know for like a day, I think that's all I shared it with, and then I shared it with a few other people. Vinny found out because he reads the blogs. <laughs> Vinny, even on the show about my mom and she's dead, I still give you a shout out. Vinny, Vinny. my mom loved Vinny. Vinny, what if you start hearing a story that you know isn't true? You're like, well, I never met his mom. I go, Psh, play along. Oh, when she met him, she squeezed his face. She went, oh, my bubbler, let me make you a sandwich. <laughs> so I want to share this with you. Do you have anything you want to, uh, I need your 100% attention. Is there something you're writing? Or if you're scribbling, I really might come over the table and choke you to death. Mm-hmm. Were you scribbling? No. Oh, what did you have? I want you to ask me. There's no, a podcast doesn't have, we all get stuck in these Oh, should I interrupt me and ask me? 
Can I ask you what you guys did? What were her wishes uh, for for her final resting? She said, heave her into the... Heave her? Literally said, t- I have it in writing. I have it in writing. She said, heave me into the Schuylkill River at midnight. Uh-huh. Just like my Aunt Jill. Oh, like uh, after, like, cre- like cremate first no, or my mom, like right I'll out? I'll tell you what, but, g- truth. Uh, <laughs> she wanted to be... Which everyone knew you would give your, like, organs. But my mom also wanted to give her body to science. I was very well aware of it. Not everybody was, so it was a little bit uh-huh. like... But everyone, if once they knew it was, wasn't us just trying to save money on the cremation. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, because that's what we were... Wait, did Corey just... Did uh-huh. She always said she yeah, wanted to yeah, be chopped wanted. up on a block. Uh-huh. <laughs> not only give her organs, but... No, she did. And it makes sense. It makes sense. And you know what? Okay. Look, whatever anybody's comfortable with, so am I. That's uh-huh. what I, that's what I want to so do. So what happened... Oh, so that's what we, her wishes were, were taken, and we'll get her ashes. And you know what? Maybe we will do something with it spiritual. You know, maybe we'll go up to Santa Barbara, because that's my mom really likes Santa Barbara. Maybe I'll drive them up for everybody. I don't know, and put them in mm-hmm. the ocean there for the spirituality of it. But I'm not going to let make myself do something. We, 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 we had good closure with my mom, and also some of those things leading up to it. One of them is the poem that I'll leave you with. And... And uh, we all got, they all got together. I, I, I wasn't able to be there about seven days after my mom passed. It's funny, once someone to know passed, it's hard for me to say died. I was more comfortable saying passed. Mm. You know, it was, just, it was easier. Died mm. seemed so harsh. So I would say passed. Um, um, I went to my friend Meg's, and then Jim Gaffigan texted me and said, hey, would it be good for you to, get a f- to, to go do two dates? Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. I was ready, so I went, did the two dates, and came right back to Philadelphia. And I ended up, and this is where we'll, I'll leave you, is, um, Aristotle, how you doing, all right? I'm doing good, but I, I've been dying to ask why you asked us to wear the party hats. I thought it was... I thought it was <laughs> because I thought it was... when I Remember when I would start to cry? Well, I looked at you in the park. Can you imagine the visual of everybody thinking the whole time you guys are sitting there? When are we going to cut the cake? Oh, my God. Why are we wearing party hats? Oh, my God. That's too funny. Oh, uh, um, oh the uh, I ended up at the Philadelphia Helium. Mm-hmm. And now I had dates coming up next week in Toronto, which I love, and I canceled once, and I hated it. But I knew once I got home, I would want to then take it easy and do this. And... But I kept helium, and I kept a date after helium at John and Peter's, and I will tell you why. Um, They all knew my mom. My mom went in there all the time. And let me tell you something. The amount of love that I was greeted with every night walking into that club, they know everything the way I like it. The lights are gelled. Most of it they left that way from before. I make changes, you know. And I know I could drive some people crazy sometimes especially it's a new manager that I haven't worked with before and the old one lets me do something and he, he I knew I knew sometimes I was like I was you know when you feel bad you're like oh I'm sorry I'm driving you crazy he couldn't have been any sweeter he was so nice and the whole staff not just like nice like oh that staff is nice I one time they had a group meeting and I was thinking what I was going to go say to them I wanted to say guys it's not just hey thanks you're nice I wanted to go you have no idea they left me a card, and they all wrote something with some flowers one night. I opened it up, and I fucking lost it. And they were with me all, and you felt the warmth. 
they, they had a lot of them had met my mom, and every night I walked into that place, and I felt, is the word enveloped? Mm-hmm. With love and warmth. It was felt. I hope they know. Because you could never tell someone to their face, like I'm able to say right now, I fucking felt it. It was powerful. It overwhelms me. I mean, it was a lot. And I had shows where I talked about my mom every night at the end. And um, I had a, a keyboard player. His name was Devin. And um, his, uh, his girlfriend's name was Sarah. And uh, he was fucking amazing. And I'm working on the material more so I don't have the band with me, even though the, the band bits are what I want. But it's working on the material. And Chip Chantry was there. And, and um, walking into that club every night. And I would talk about my mom on stage. And you could hear a pin drop. And it was oddly spiritual. Like, the, 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 the mm-hmm. it, it's, it said how decent people can be. Like, they said when you met Mr. Rogers, you were reminded how decent we could be as a species. And in that moment, people were just so kind. And I, and I, and I, I said, there's a reason I'm telling you this. And did I mention this before about even if you sent something, even if you didn't, thank you? Because that's what I said to them every night. A lot of you sent stuff over the years and during the pandemic. And I thank you even if you didn't. I thank them. I told a few stories about my mom. And then he played um, Hey Jude and the whole crowd. I mean, it was it was really nice because he could sing. And the lights went out. They spotlighted the audience. And everybody was singing. And their candles, they used real candles at that club. They were all in the air. And it was just such a really beautiful way to, to have a week. I, it was good for me. It wasn't like, oh, I'll do my shows. It was like, I'm glad I have them. And I got to talk about my mom. It happened at a club where they knew her. And they knew right where she sat. Right there, smack in front of me. And she was there so many times. Then, I remember thinking, well, I'm probably not going to be able to talk about my mom on stage. Unless I figure out a way to do it. But And then I remembered, I'm going to John and Peter's in New Hope to do two nights there on a Monday. It's a very small club. They, they, we make it look so fucking cool when I'm there. Like, you know, they do the black tablecloths and the candles in the midst of all the craziness and the eclectic place, and it just really looks amazing. You go in there, and the candles on every table, and the people are packed in there. And I remember my mom took us to New Hope when we were little. That's like one of the things she would do. She would find about this cool place, and like the little girl and her Wanted to go to New Hope. So we'd go. What do, we like New Hope because well, we got pistachios. I don't know what we like. But I, I remember thinking it was seemed like a cool place. You weren't, you were somewhere else. Like it seemed like it was from the old days, you know. Like you knew that it was different. So I do the show. Two shows there. They're so amazing. I tell the story on the stage. One show. And I couldn't believe like this was the best way for me to end this little group of shows in New Hope. I thought, I'm in fucking New Hope, where my mom took us all the time, drove us from Northeast Philly. You know, let's go to New Hope. We had gone there so many times growing up, and that's probably, and I have an appreciation for that stuff. Isn't that, so, Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's like, you realize, wow, that's, you get a lot of it from your mom. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of things, you know, and a lot of things from my dad, too, but it's not but his But to night. be there to celebrate her. I know. know, A place that was so meaningful to you growing up. To end up there. Right. And at the end of the night, Mike and the owner, the place looked so fucking disgustingly sexy. But on the stage, I know that's a weird way to say it, but on the stage, they put three black tables. They all had black tablecloths. And we had real candles upstairs in the green room, three pillar candles. They put 
three ta- three tables on stage. They grab them from the audience, you know, and they put the three candles down the center. And then me and some the owner and some local, some comedians and just a bunch of people sat around to keep the night going. And I know it's because because we've never done that before. And there were like three other people that stayed, like one over in that corner, one in that corner, and it was dark, and you could only see the stained glass windows which were all over the place and the blue gel just thick blue on the stage they had everything else turned off we just and there were three flickering candles just hanging out they the the kitchen stayed open a little longer they made it like what do you want to eat we all got to order like some you know you know like some really good just you know like you know like i got like a a a reuben and just some tater tots and it was late at night and just talking go outside we smoked a little we came in and it was just a great way. They had me at a place smack across on the river and a place that my mom took us. I got to do one more show and sort of send uh, and say some kind words about her. And here we are. Do I feel what better? A beautiful journey. I hope people, I hope I did a good job at doing my mom justice. But I think Katie does such a good job at the end. that again, Katie wrote this as a poem to my mom mm-hmm. to... To just say, uh, you know, I appreciate you. To her mother-in-law. To no, to her grand, to her. They call her Booby. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is my brother's daughter. Great. This is my brother's daughter, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up because I think I I want to play two things. One, we don't have to play. N- well, yeah, we can play them both, but one is the final version. The reason I'm I, I'm I think it's I'm gonna I'm gonna play two in a row, and I'll tell you why. Lynn sent one me to yesterday, and he said, Todd, I can't finish the song. And he was just singing to his phone to show me the essence of what he's going to do with it. But he really, he said it reminded him of his mom. He goes, your niece's words really, I couldn't do it. I'm going to have my, my, my sister come over, a niece or somebody come over. But today he goes, I think I can, I mm-hmm. think I can do it. So I want to play both. I want to play the song he did, mm-hmm. and then right after it, go into that, because... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope it's the right thing to do. I, I, I think I know why I want to do it. Lynn, it really moved them, and, and they moved me, too. And it said a lot how much somebody is in your fiber. And remember, this is just a poem that Katie, uh, I've said it a few times, that she wrote. And then uh, Lynn just did a really beautiful job. And I guess we'll leave you, leave you with this. So thank you for letting me share this with you. I mean, this podcast is sort of my journal. And Daniel, thank you for uh, for sitting here and listening. Thank you for asking me to be here. And talking a little. And Aristotle, can you fill me in on how everything's gone in your life? (laughs) What's new with you? (laughs) What's new with you? Hold on, the song's coming in. (laughs) I am adventurous. I am optimistic. I am sentimental and kind I am full of passion I am generous I am extraordinary too I am all these things Because I am you I am you Every move.
life I feel it in the mountains and stones You taught me the power To connect through smiles and laughter To feel all the things I never knew Now I feel all these things Because I am you I am you When I was only six years old You sat with me At the extra, extra wet splash zone When I was ten I wanted a bird It flew away And I was hurt But my love for animals grew Because I am you I am you I am you, I am you. I love you so very much. You're with me every day. Your soul forever lives inside of mine. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the countless gifts coming in at the end. Lynn did a first draft of that song just into his phone. I think he played the music in the studio, sang it into his phone and sent it to me. This has to do with the last, this, the next song. It's the same song, but a different version. And he sent it to me. And when he got to the end, it was he couldn't get through it, which I thought was... Obviously, you know, Lynn was thinking of his own mom and the song itself and a mixture of everything. But it really, it overwhelmed him. The words. And I said, do you mind if I share this with the audience? And he said, no. And then I thought, well, why do I want to share it with you? And... I thought the answer is because words matter, and this is a great way to, you know, play a song that talks great things about my mom, and Lynn put beautiful music to it, but why not give it one more layer? And that's what I thought. Words, when I hear him, and it overwhelms him, for some reason the next day I thought, yeah, words matter. Look at what they did to him, 
And they were positive words. So that's how words matter as far as when they're negative towards a group of people or slangs that are just, you know, make people feel just not great about themselves. So words matter. They can bring great things out of you, even if it was crying. It can be beautiful crying, and it can be not so much sometimes. So put thought into your words because they matter. What am I, Tony Robbins? Why did I have to make a joke at the end? Because I got to be me. I got to be me. All right, so I don't play the whole song. We come in really just towards the end. And I also thought that uh, my niece would appreciate it. Now she's going to start writing songs. Oh, jeez, I've created a monster. All right, words matter. Words matter. I love you so very much. You are with me every day. Your soul forever lives inside of mine. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the countless gifts you have given me in my life. You'll forever be my bubby, and I'll forever be your Katie Bear. Don't you worry about me because I am you 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 